0: Now at five, tracking Idalia, the impact the storm made in Florida, where it's hitting next, and how the government is stepping
1: in to help. And after Austin's coolest morning in months, how long will this low humidity stick around? Your first warning forecast is coming up.
2: And a new drug is concerning Travis County leaders after it's been found in a slew of autopsies, what the county is doing to combat the overdose crisis. I don't think anybody can deny the
3: impact
1: of the climate crisis anymore. Just look around. Historic floods, I mean historic floods, more intense droughts, extreme heat, significant wildfires have caused significant damage like we've never seen before.
0: The latest disaster to hit the United States, Hurricane Idalia, Idalia is now a tropical storm, but it made landfall in Florida this morning as a Category 3 hurricane. This video was taken in the town of Perry, tucked away in the Big Bend region of the state. You can see over 100 mile per hour winds ripping off the roof from this gas station. Storm surge there is 10 feet or higher.
2: And this video from the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office shows extensive flooding on the banks of the Alafia River in the Tampa Bay area. Now, the National Weather Service issued a flood warning for that river as storm surge is expected to set a new flood record.
0: And the storm is trucking along. Here's a live view from South Carolina from EarthCam. You can see the dark skies and the waves beginning to pick up there. And now response teams and power crews are working through the damage left behind.
2: And NBC's Jay Gray wrote things out in Gainesville. He has a closer look at the hardest hit areas and those still in the path of the storm.
0: Hurricane Idalia punishing Florida's coast sustained winds of 125 miles an hour at landfall and a storm surge of 10 feet or more pushing a wall of water into places it's never been before. (laughs) Idalia speeding up over land, but maintaining its intensity. The trade-off is as we get a little less rain maybe, but still enough rain to cause considerable impacts from flash and urban flooding, uh, especially as we go into tonight and Thursday. As the system pushes through. This is an exceptional one, big one. Residents in Cedar Key get a first hand look at their soaked and battered town.
4: It doesn't look good. Uh, our, all of our commercial buildings downtown are underwater. Uh, a huge percentage of our homes have been inundated with water. Um, you can see I'm standing in the middle of uh, State Road 24 right now, and it's uh, completely underwater.
0: Near Tampa, entire communities flooded paddle boards, now the best way to get around.
1: Everything's
4: underwater. It's like Venice, <laughs> Italy.
0: Task force teams and first responders working through that water and into some of the hardest hit areas. All eight uh, urban search and rescue teams uh, are uh, deployed. Uh, our National Guard uh, has folks uh in places like Taylor County, uh, they're getting on scene there to do things like clear uh, major pieces of the roads and and get debris that is that has been uh, knocked around. But not knocked out, though in some places it will take months to recover. Jay Gray, NBC News, Gainesville.
2: Okay, so we see the destruction there. We see the rescues that have happened as well. So now you've been tracking this storm. What are we seeing
1: now? It's weakened pretty quickly since it's no longer over the ocean, but now over land. Winds have gone down from 125 miles an hour at landfall now to 70 miles per hour. This storm has moved clear of the area of landfall down in the Big Bend of Florida. Now moving from Georgia into the Carolinas, wind speeds down to 70 miles per hour as it moves very quickly, more than 20 mile per hour forward speed. Meantime, back here at home, we experienced our coolest morning since early June, almost three months ago. Down at the airport, we were at 66, closer to a record low than a typical low. Unfortunately, the heat did return, but hey, it's not that humid out there. Partly cloudy on the Marble Falls cam over the Lake 101 at River City Grill and Highland Furniture Center. We do have a few scattered clouds here shown by the gray and white color drifting southward. A few isolated showers possible in the hill country, but the chances of any of those coming your way 10% percent or even less for the next few hours. Coming up tonight is the night you can check out the moon. I'll show you where to look and win hotter weather back this holiday weekend as we kick off the new month of September. Here's a look at ERCOT's current grid conditions on the power grid. For yet another day, ERCOT is again asking us to conserve energy use from 6 to 9 p.m. tonight. They say it's because of a high level of thermal generation outages like natural gas and coal, along with low wind generation and lower solar generation as the sun goes down. Remember, conserve only if it's safe for you to do so.
2: All right, David, thank you. As federal agencies warn of a deadly mix of fentanyl and xylazine known as trank, Travis County leaders say they've now detected the drug used as a horse tranquilizer in several autopsies.
0: KXN's Grace Reader explains why the drug is being used and how Travis County is responding.
4: The Travis County Medical Examiner found a drug used as a tranquilizer for horses in at least four, possibly five people who died of an overdose in the county in the last month. It's the first time the medical examiner has detected Xylazine here in Travis County.
0: It was initially studied for use in treating high blood pressure, Uh, but it was never approved for human use due to very adverse side effects.
4: County officials say xylazine is being mixed with other potentially fatal drugs, notably fentanyl.
0: Its duration is longer, and so it's thought to enhance the effect of the fentanyl or heroin that it is part of.
4: The drug adds a dangerous new layer to the county's fight against the fentanyl crisis. Xylazine is easy to get, but doesn't respond to Naloxone or Narcan, which reverses opioid overdoses. County leaders say because the drugs are often mixed, it's still best practice to give someone Narcan during an overdose. With the
3: addition of this new drug that as the medical examiner says is not controlled, so it's easily available, we're going to see much more profound overdose Um, events, um, and they're much harder to treat.
4: Ultimately, the county says they're putting more money toward treatment and harm reduction tools like Narcan, but Travis County Commissioner Ann Howard also asked the community to educate themselves, especially parents.
3: The urgency to me that I feel in my heart is
4: to encourage parents to have the tough conversations. Grace Reader, KXAN News. And meanwhile, the county says the rate in which
2: fentanyl overdose deaths were increasing year over year appears to be slowing. In the first five months of 2023, 127 people died from a fentanyl-related overdose. If that trend continues, roughly 300 people will have died of fentanyl by the end of the year. Now, that's roughly 20% higher than what we saw in 2022. And between 2021 and 2022, the number of fentanyl overdose deaths has more than doubled
0: a deputy medical examiner took the stand today in the sixth street mass shooting trial we had a reporter in the courtroom but we are limited on what we can show you deandre white is accused of killing 25 year old doug Cantor and injuring more than a dozen others white has pleaded not guilty today the travis county deputy medical examiner described cantor's gunshot wounds she told the jurors he was shot once through the torso and again through the forearm And because cancer lived for about a day and a half after the shooting, the examiner explained his death was labeled as complications from a gunshot wound. An Austin police detective also took the stand to discuss phone data tied to the case. The jury also heard from witnesses about their experience on what they saw and heard that night.
2: The Texas Education Agency says Austin ISD will not need a conservator to oversee its special education program after all. Now earlier this year the TEA said it planned to do that because of AISD's backlog when it came to evaluations for students with disabilities. AISD revealed a short time ago it came with with an agreement to avoid the conservatorship.
3: We know the breadth, depth, and seriousness of the challenges facing our special education program, and we have committed significant time and resources to better serve our students.
2: And Austin district leaders say it's made great improvements in catching up to that backlog. Now, the full school board will need to agree on this deal. We'll dig more into this coming up tonight on KXAN News at 10 o'clock.
0: Right now, we want to get to some breaking news. Diana Gray, the city's homeless strategy officer, is resigning. Several city council members have told KXAN. Gray was tasked with supporting coordination over a dozen city departments involved in the response to homelessness. She started on the job in January of 2021. Well, another freezing moment for Senator Mitch McConnell, the continued concerns over his age and health.
2: And we continue to track Tropical Storm Adelia, how the federal government is now jumping into help. Well, another scary moment for Mitch McConnell today as the Senate Majority Leader appeared to freeze. It's the second time it's happened. Now, he froze during a news conference on Capitol Hill last month. Today's episode happened in his home state of Kentucky. The 81-year-old had just finished a nearly 20-minute speech in a forum and was taking questions from reporters. Now, when asked about running for re-election, McConnell froze up, not speaking for over 30 seconds, including when an aide tried to help him, repeating the question to the senator.
1: Re-election in 2026. Oh. That's right.
4: Did you hear the question, Senator?
3: Running for re-election in 2026.
2: Yes. Okay. All right. I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. And once McConnell re-engaged, he responded briefly to another question before being escorted away. Now, reporters did not ask McConnell about the episode before he left.
0: The Texas Department of Public Safety's driver license offices will be closed beginning this Friday. The division will be updating its system over Labor Day weekends, so no license services will be available. This includes renewing or replacing a license or identification card, obtaining a driver record, and verifying eligibility. The customer service call center will also be closed. The offices will reopen on Tuesday.
1: Well, meteorological summer ends already tomorrow night, and unfortunately, we are on track to have Austin's driest summer in 113 years. Only 11 hundredths of an inch of rain this month and unexpected for the next 36 hours. Your first warning forecast for the holiday weekend when we come back.
2: And now checking back in on what is now Tropical Storm Idalia. As the storm catches up the Atlantic coast, President Joe Biden is reassuring residents in the storm's path that the government is ready to help.
0: The president says he is keeping in close contact with the governors of both states and FEMA has pre-positioned resources to respond to those in need. NBC's Alice Barr has more on the emergency response.
3: As the devastation becomes clear along Florida's Big Bend, the vast need left by Hurricane Adalia is coming into focus. President Biden pledging full federal support.
1: We have to remain vigilant and there's much more to do.
3: There are more than 1,500 federal workers on the ground, 500 for search and rescue. The Red Cross ready to provide shelter, while FEMA pre-staged well over a million meals and liters of water. Our priority through the day today is to make sure that everybody is safe after the storm has passed. As we go into the next few days, we're going to want to assess what the total amount of damage is and see what immediate needs need to be put forth. FEMA and President Biden coordinating directly with governors in the hurricane's path.
0: we got a lot of people that are going in, uh, offering assistance uh, from the state perspective.
3: Local mayors bracing for what's still to come, warning residents from Georgia to the Carolinas to hide from high winds.
0: We have to take this seriously
3: and run from rising
4: waters for the flooding that we're experiencing right now it has nowhere to recede to and as that high tide that king tide comes in it's just going to bring more water
3: local state and federal resources at the ready as americans cope with another devastating natural disaster in washington
2: alice bar nbc news and President Biden also meeting today with his cabinet to talk about the long-term recovery and rebuilding efforts in Maui.
3: And
0: David, Idalia wasn't able to send any rain our mm. way, huh?
1: We've still got three months or so of hurricane season. We would certainly welcome some rain, at least, from the tropics. But today, we bounced back to the triple digits. We hit 101 in Austin after a brief break in the 90s yesterday. This was a big deal because today, we moved up into a tie for third place for one of the highest triple-digit heat day counts in any year on record We actually tied today with the total count from last year. Unlike that, though, we are not done for the year. I'm quite confident we're going to surge past this 1925 number as well. Will we make it to 90? That would be hard to do at this point, but you know, who knows this summer can't rule anything out. It's still 100 degrees right now on the Austonian weather cam looking northeastward under partly cloudy skies. Winds have been really keeping things a lot more comfortable. Even though it's hot during the afternoon, this 5 to 15 mile an hour wind brings in drier air. The dew point temperature is a much better version of how it feels outside than the relative humidity and whenever you have dew points in the upper 40s lower 50s that feels great outside it feels more like phoenix type of heat as opposed to houston or galveston heat this actually should make for a pretty comfortable evening uh, for the austin fc game at q2 stadium kickoff tonight versus seattle at 7 30. this might be the most comfortable game of the season so far we'll be in the lower 90s at first the 80s by the end of the game And again that dry air should make all the difference in the world hopefully we win The supermoon, you'll see this rising over Q2 Stadium and outside of your window tonight. The super blue moon, to refresh your memory, is the second supermoon this month. It appears larger and brighter because it's actually a little bit closer to Earth as it's full tonight. And look at the moon rise. This happens at 8.06. Set a reminder on your phone. Look to the east. It'll be up all night and set in the western horizon just after 7.30 a.m. tomorrow. As Adalia continues to spin away over the southeastern U.S., we have very quiet weather here locally. The heat ridge, or heat dome if you will, builds a little farther to the north this weekend. That's going to make it hot locally, but also a little storm system, a small low pressure tries to rotate our way late this weekend into next week. This is kind of a, we call it a tut low, a tropical upper tropospheric low pressure system. The bottom line is it could lead to a couple showers and storms creeping in starting on Labor Day, but right now it looks like most of us just don't get any. Tonight's forecast, mostly clear and comfortable with light winds, 73 degrees, not quite as cool as last night. Tomorrow it gets a couple degrees hotter. Dry air has us feeling a little better than it could, but the heat, the low wind speeds, this is combining for a bit of a pollution problem. An ozone action day is in effect for our populated counties, including Travis County tomorrow. Uh, Air quality dipping from moderate to the unhealthy for some category. This means those with asthma, any heart or respiratory conditions, and also the very young and very old should take it easy outdoors. Maybe don't go for that run tomorrow outside. Take it inside. That'd be a better idea. After that, morning lows and daytime highs get a little uncomfortable by the coming weekend. The Texas home game 105 downtown Austin this Saturday. By Labor Day into next week, the heat does not quit, but we do have a slight chance of a few afternoon or evening storms. Most of those most likely on the sea breeze east of the Austin area. And you can see triple digits carry us into the first week of September, an unusually warm start to meteorological fall.
0: You may not be able to watch your favorite late night hosts right now, but now you can listen to them. How a handful of hosts are uniting to help those affected by the writer's strike. Right now, we're still tracking Hurricane Adelia, our team in the path tonight, and the major flooding that left many in need of rescue. Also, control of a school library, the latest skirmish in a culture war in Texas ahead on Nightly News.
2: A federal judge ruled today that Rudy Giuliani defamed two former Georgia election workers and is liable for damage. Now, this comes after he failed to comply with discovery obligations in their lawsuit over his baseless claims that they had committed fraud during the 2020 election. Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Wendrea Shea Moss, said their lives were turned upside down when conspiracy theorists, as well as then-president Donald Trump and his then-lawyer Giuliani, claimed that they had committed election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Now Giuliani said that they were passing around USB ports when in reality as reelected as reflected in the January 6th committee report, they were passing a mint. Now, Trump, Giuliani, and top allies were indicted earlier this month on felony charges in connection with efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election results in Georgia. Giuliani was booked on the charges last week and along with the other co-defendants will be arraigned on September 6th. Now, he has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing.
0: Well, the late night show hosts are back, but not in the way you may think. Starting today, Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, and John Oliver are joining together for Strike Force 5. That's a podcast on Spotify. Each unscripted episode features one of the late night hosts at the helm, with the proceeds going to their respective out of work show teams to help them financially through the ongoing writer's Hi, I'm strike. Jimmy Fallon.
2: Tonight on KXAN, it's America's Got Talent at 7, back to back episodes of Night Court, that's at 8, then Chicago PD at 9, right before KXAN News at 10 o'clock.
0: Or you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin.
3: Here's where to find us. Tonight, a disabled Navy veteran claims Congressman George Santos scammed him out of charity money for his sick dog.
1: He claimed that you eventually kept it for yourself. I've never met him.
3: Now, the veteran has his say. Tonight on Dan Abrams Live. Then on Banfield, two missing women in the same Colorado resort town. The mother of one talks to Banfield with the latest on the search. Plus, the Suffolk County Sheriff joins Ashley as the department builds its case against the accused Gilgo Beach serial killer. Tonight on Banfield. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com.